This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thanks for joining me for another Grassroots Marketing on CannabisRadio.com. And we're going to talk about the folks at Green Thumb Industries, which we actually, I looked back in the archives of Cannabis Radio, we actually talked to this to this company back, what, 2016, when we had Gondrepreneur airing on the network. Uh, goes back that far. But... Nevertheless, we learned about a new program that they have offered now. They are presenting applications for the third round of its Good Green Grant program. Born out of the desire to reinvest cannabis funds back into the community and create opportunities for nonprofit organizations who are doing the groundwork to create real and sustained progress against the war on drugs. And here to talk to me about it is the head of this program at Green Thumb Industries, this Good Green Grant program. I'm here with Jai Kinsey. Jai, thanks for being on with us. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it to be here to talk about Green Thumb Industries as well as the Good Green Grant program. Thank you. My pleasure. Now, we know that many of the states, they've tried to enact certain things, especially some of the newly implemented adult use states, New York, New Jersey, uh, Illinois. You hear about the need of trying to create a social equity initiative. And with that, you actually now have a new deadline for coming up for new applications for people to be licensed under this program. It's Friday, August 19th. So real quickly, talk to me about the opportunities that come across and, you know, just the who makes the cut on being able to be given this opportunity. Yeah, of course. Um, so in terms of so let me just give a little bit of background context for the listeners about Green Thumb Industry. So we are a national consumer um, product, good, consumer goods, cannabis company. We operate in 15 states across the United um, across the U.S. And we have 77 dispensaries and 17 cultivation facilities across the U.S. Good Green is one of our brands that we sell within our dispensary stores. It was a brainchild really from our CEO, Ben, to really create a brand that focused on reinvesting in black and brown communities that have been impacted by the war on drugs, what some people call the war on people, um, who were truly negatively impacted um, by um, the, the justice system in this space as it relates to cannabis. Re reinvesting those funds comes through the grants program where we identify organizations that fought, that have missions that meet the three pillars within the Good Green, Good Green grant program, whether it be expungement, education or employment. So if you have if a listener has a nonprofit organization that focuses on those areas um, and when we talk about education, we're really talking about ways that um, for adult education, particularly people who've had cr um, criminal backgrounds cannabis convictions who are entering reentry programs to learn workforce development or training to learn skills in order to get into employment into and um, to help combat any employment barriers. So those three areas, as well as just, you know, are you in the areas where Good Green is sold and operates? Good Green is currently in Illinois, Massachusetts, Maryland, New Jersey and Pennsylvania. 
will soon be in other markets um, moving forward, like Ohio and Nevada. So if you're a nonprofit in those areas, we would truly encourage you to apply just because it's a great opportunity for the organization to receive unrestricted funding. That's a really key component of it. You know, a lot of organizations just need funding to help keep the lights on. And these organizations, you know, Green Thumb is here to provide those resources and to really help amplify the voices of these organizations that are in the trenches and really grassroots doing work in the community. So, um, like I said, the three pillars, expungement, employment, education, if that's the focus of your mission, if you're in the key areas where Green Thumb is sold or Good Green is sold, Illinois, Massachusetts, Maryland, New Jersey and Pennsylvania, we please would encourage you to apply. The deadline is August 19th to receive um, unrestricted funding up to $200,000. Now, looking through this, while we're waiting for any kind of relief from federal legalization, which the CEO Act if, or the MORE Act, if it was going to be implemented, we know that we're hearing about sessions with Congress right now before they uh, kind of set up to go and start working individually on midterm election campaigns, that they were going to look at trying to revisit the act to try to go ahead and bring legalization, which was the one that was most prominent giving offering of social equity and expungement of cannabis-related offenses. Uh, but without that in place, are there any limitations on what's being able to be done? Is it really just for the states that are, uh, have the ability to go ahead and bring on board? Is there anything in terms of any support from the government officials in any of these states right now that help at all with, you know, collaborating on this program? Well, that's why it's, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, Green Thumb is pro-automatic expungement. But this is why grants like the Good Green Grant are so important in funding the organizations that are in the trenches doing this type of work while we wait on the federal government to step in. There are organizations that have been doing this for decades. I think about um, Philadelphia Lawyers, um, an organization we um, provided a 75,000 grant to out in the Philadelphia area. They're providing grants. They're, I mean, they're, I mean, they're providing expungement services, legal services to individuals with records. They've been doing this for decades. An organization that we provided another Good Green Grant to here in Chicago, Ex-Counts for Community and Social Change, they are providing re-entry services, directing people to legal aid to help them with the expungements of their records and providing support in terms of workforce development so that they can find employment. So it's so imperative that while we wait on federal, the federal government to support in this way, that we really support the nonprofit organizations that have done a tremendous job of bringing all the key external stakeholders together in order to provide holistic services to individuals who have criminal records and who are in need of support, who've been negatively impacted by the war on drugs. And, you know, like I always say, Good Green, it's our role to be that resource and to be that platform to amplify those voices. And so that's what we're doing through this Good Green grant. A lot of people always complain about the fact that how many lawyers and how many people are brought into the process to get an application filled out. And just even just the application fee alone costs way too much for any particular small operator to even get started. So what can you tell me about the services, the resources provided besides the grant money when that social equity initiative qualified applicant comes on board? Talk to me about the resources you have available at your necessity to go and help somebody get through that licensing process. 
Are you referring to state issued dispensary licenses or cultivation licenses? Yes. Yeah. So at Green Thumb, so when looking at state issued licenses or cultivation licenses, we have a program called License Education Assistance Program at Good Green. This program provides, you know, we've been in the business for a while. And so we look we have a ton of knowledge under our, you know, in our building from lawyers to people who work in cultivation, from HR to finance, accounting to, you know, our operations team, our buying team. And so what we do is we create, we've created, um, we've launched it twice now, once in Illinois and, and most recently in Connecticut, where we've hosted webinar series to provide individuals with information on persons. How do you even know if you qualify as a social equity applicant? What does it mean? You know, what does, how do you navigate the portal? How, what are some of the things that, you know, the common mistakes that people make on an application and how can you avoid those mistakes? But then also understanding that a lot of these states only provide a certain amount of state issued licenses. What are some of those answers? Really providing those details of like, what are some of those ancillary opportunities that are there and available for individuals to take advantage of? There's an ocean of opportunities, whether if you want to go into cannabis marketing, you want to have a cannabis radio show, you want to go into cannabis journalism, um, you know, working like in the area where I am in philanthropy and working in cannabis philanthropy and supporting individuals impacted by the war on drugs. So there's a ton of opportunities. And through our LEAP program, we're able to reach people at every stage within the process to provide those resources. But then also here in Illinois, we've worked with one-offs um, in terms of supporting individuals who've obtained their licenses to say, you know, who are individuals we can, we can connect you with from Good Green, I'm um, sorry, from Green Thumb to ensure that you have time for one-on-one Q&A. What are some questions that you have, whether it be from, I mean, I've received emails from social equity applicants who want to know things like, how do you run your IT operation? How do you, um, you know, things that you wouldn't even think about, your HR operation, how do you build a, a strong team and having those individuals to, um, you know, trust us to come to, to Green Thumb to say, you know, can you provide us this information? And, and we are willing to do so. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, Tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply through our LEAP program, and we have done it. So we're going to get into actually getting people to learn where they can go ahead and find out more about the Good Green Grant program, but I got one last question for you, and this is one I've asked quite a mm -hmm. bit. So on our Empire program, uh, we have an interview that's upcoming with uh, the folks at Urban Aroma. So that's John Monopoly, M1 of Dead Prez, the, the rap group duo, and Umi, who's an artist. I remember one of the things that were talked about in that discussion is because their issue is social equity, 
legacy operators mm-hmm. because of the fact that you might have quite a few that, you know, listen, there are those that might have been around that might have been producing, cultivating, and, you know, selling cannabis prior illegally, but that doesn't mean that they did not know there were, might not have been a few of those types that might have been incarcerated or they might have operated, you know, as a business, but they still have something that they could provide to the industry now in terms of where they become legit and legitimizing some of those people that are worthy of being legitimized coming into the industry. Is there anything in this program where you talk about where legacy operators are also able to be eligible? Yeah. So I come from the legacy market, so I'm very familiar. I've been in my mother sold weed to take care of me and my sister. My mm-hmm. brother-in-law spent two and a half years in prison for cannabis. My nephew right. has two cannabis felonies. So I'm very, very familiar with the legacy market. And whatever we do through the social impact department from Green Thumb is through me, is with me looking through that lens of how this impacts individuals in the legacy market and understanding, trying to find ways to incorporate ways and ways to incorporate them into the work that we do. So working with those nonprofits, particularly the ones that we support through um, the Good Green Grant, a lot of them have criminal records and a lot of them have um, are in need of expungement for them to be able to operate within this legal cannabis space. I always tell whenever I participate in our new hire orientation or talk to individuals, I always talk about how this industry was built on the backs of legacy market when it was weed before it was cannabis you know and so it's a it's very important for us to not forget them they are still operating now in spaces where taxes are too high they're still operated in spaces throughout you know the u.s new york california all across the united states here in illinois and in some states the legacy market is thriving so it's important for us to understand that they have a knowledge base that is very valuable and a knowledge base that's needed in the legal cannabis space. And so through partnerships with nonprofit organizations that work with legacy distributors, that work with people who have cannabis convictions, who were legacy distributors and still are legacy distributors, getting their records expunged to be able to obtain employment in the legal space is one way, is one step that's necessary. There's definitely many things that people can do, but it's definitely one step. And I tell people all the time, my nephew having two cannabis felonies, if he can get those felonies expunged, that alone would be something that would be incredibly beneficial to help him move into the cannabis space that of which he does love. And so, you know, it's a, you know, I know a lot of people talk about how, you know, holistically. So yeah, we love partnering with organizations and the organizations we've given good green grants to mm-hmm. I love that they have these holistic views of doing outreach so it's not just expunging but it's also taking the next step of how can we provide social services mental health services to help you because can you I mean I know what it's like looking into someone's face who's been constantly denied employment because of a criminal record and that causes a lot of mental damage so working with organizations and providing these good green grants to those um, nonprofits that provide those holistic services in addition to expungement is one step into supporting that legacy marketing to get into that legal space and it's an important one to make sure that they have that freedom that they are deserved and you know to operate in society 
It's one thing to be said about those that have been that have been incarcerated. They have been, you know, they've been underrepresented. Uh, and to look at those, I mean, the cannabis industry as a whole, when you look at the opportunities they're trying to give for those that might have been incarcerated and might have been oppressed, giving them second chances for employment or giving them a chance to get the offenses wiped off their record so they have a second chance at everything that's going on. But then it's another thing for companies and for organizations to not just offer performative, you know, uh, pleasantries, things like that. To just not just yeah. be performative, be active. And with social equity, that it should be where you also don't get to pick and choose, even in the social equity route, who gets to be a part. There are those that everybody should be able to get some kind of a chance out of this. For me, that's why I always say yes. that. If the legacy operators are not part of the conversation, what are we doing here? Like it's, you want somebody, if they're going to get a chance to be part of this industry, give them every opportunity, the chance to work, the chance to thrive in it, and the chance to be successful and lead and own and be up and have their own piece of the industry themselves. That's where I come from with that. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. No, I, I totally agree. I think about my brother-in-law who operated for many years and created a business that took care of not only his family with my sister, his wife, but also his mother, his sister, his brother and their children. Where he And it's like someone like that deserves a seat at the table because of his ability to create an operation under, you know, underground with the consequences of being taken away from his family and still being able to operate. Those types of individuals are out there and have been thriving in this space. And like you said, they deserve a seat at the table at all levels, whether it be employment and ownership. And that goes on to that larger discussion of diversity, equity, inclusion, where representation is the main point. I bring it. Oh, I, I thump on that over and over. And not just that I hear from other people the same way. Representation needs to pull in more representation. The makeup of who you want to be on, that you want to work with, you need to create that environment to create the makeup of more people that are in line and in lockstep with everybody working together and giving everybody an opportunity. That's what it should be. That's what this cannabis industry can be. So, Jack Kenzie, you're yeah. head of the Good Green Grant Program. Real quickly to pass people along to that the website is gtigrows.com. And you can look for Good Green. If you go to slash brand slash Good Green, you can go there and take a look for yourself. And for those that are enter the website and go ahead and learn more about the program, uh, what's the best way to go ahead and keep in touch with you and learn more and also possibly be able to apply themselves? Definitely. And also, if you want to check out good, G-O-O-D dot green, G-R-E-E-N, you can go directly there to apply for the grant and just click on the grant application tab. Anyone, um, I'm happy to throw out my email address, Jai, J-A-I dot Kenzie, K-E-N as in Nancy, S-E-Y at G-T-I grows dot com. I love hearing from social equity applicants, from brands of color, people of color who want to, who are interested in getting into the cannabis industry. I love connecting people with people because that's how it works in our communities and making sure that we have representation, like you mentioned, and connecting with anyone who will help you move your mission forward. Um, we're, we're happy to do so. So please feel free to reach out. 
And remember to apply for the grant if you know a nonprofit organization that is in need of unrestricted funding. The applications close on August 19th. Again, go to good, G-O-O-D dot green, G-R-E-E-N, and apply for that grant. It's super easy, super fast, unrestricted funding, no questions as we uh, you apply. It, the form is really simple, and we'd love to hear from you if you are, have a mission that's focused on expungement, employment, and education. Jai, thanks again for joining us and making time to go and tell us about the program. August 19th is the deadline, so applications available make sure to go and check that out and thank you again for telling us all about it thank you so much and thank you for everyone listening in